Grasp the Bible is a podcast of Spring Baptist Church that walks through selected books of the Bible, verse by verse, as well as spends time exploring biblical ideas and topics to help you understand and apply God's Word in your daily life. Pastor Dale Stein of our Klein Campus will be leading each week's podcast. This is our 141st episode. Thank you for joining us today. As we close out 2023 and look forward to 2024, maybe you are already making New Year's resolutions. Perhaps one of your resolutions is to engage in consistent Bible reading. The seven-week series is designed to help you be a better student of the Bible so you can continue to uncover the hidden treasures in God's Word. Today, we return to our discussion on 29 Bible study tools to help us better understand the Bible. Last week, we talked about different types and translations of the Bible. This week, Pastor Darrell will introduce nine supplemental resources that can help you better understand biblical people, events, places, and terms. Let's get right into today's study. In the last episode, we started a discussion on Bible study tools to help us read the Bible more effectively. We talked about different types of Bibles and looked at a few different Bible translations and how they translated John 3.16. In today's episode, we step into the world of secondary Bible study tools. These resources are not Bibles themselves, but the insight they provide has the ability to bring your studies to the next level. So let's begin by looking at a Bible dictionary. As you're progressing through your study, you'll inevitably encounter questions that simply cannot be answered by comparing multiple translations or by making observations of the text without additional aids. Eventually, you'll want to tap into some of the insights other Christians have discovered. That's why a Bible dictionary is essential for your growing Bible study toolkit. A Bible dictionary collects important information from the Bible about people, places, concepts, doctrines, and more, all in one centralized, convenient location. Often, an entry will refer to other relevant biblical passages that can help shed light on the one you're studying, which is essential for understanding Scripture in context. Bible dictionaries are a lot like English dictionaries, but they're focused on biblical words. Rather than providing modern definitions, they describe what a given word means when used in the Bible. Some more technical Bible dictionaries will include references to Greek and Hebrew, while others stick to the English language. Now, Bible dictionaries are so important that the next couple of episodes are going to talk about Bible dictionaries as well, so stay tuned for those. Another tool is a Bible encyclopedia. Bible encyclopedias are similar to Bible dictionaries in concept, in that both are organized alphabetically by topic, but encyclopedias are far greater in scope. While dictionaries typically have short entries for quick reference, encyclopedias tend to have longer articles covering people, places, events, objects, and much more as found in the Bible. Bible encyclopedias often go into much greater historical and cultural detail than dictionaries. Now, next we have commentaries. So, you've gone through the observation phase of your Bible study, marking up your Bible with notes and highlights and comparing different translations. You've looked up biblical people, places, and events in your Bible dictionaries, or used Bible software to discover other relevant passages. 
you've examined cross-references and studied the surrounding context, and now you're entering the interpretation mode. Now, if you haven't already, this is a time to consult a good commentary. At the very least, you should have a reliable one-volume commentary on the entire Bible. Some popular one-volume commentaries are the New Bible Commentary by D.A. Carson and the Believer's Bible Commentary by William MacDonald. But because they make up a single book, one-volume commentaries can't give extensive insights. That's why if you're going to spend a while in a single book, I recommend picking up one or several good commentaries on that book. Commentaries can go verse by verse or passage by passage through the Bible or a particular section. This organization system is called versification because it follows the book, chapter, and verse structure of the biblical text. Commentaries are meant to be used in parallel with the Bible's text, offering explanations, insights, and textual notes, historical background, and more. Most commentaries also include introductions to the books of the Bible, providing details such as the book's author, as well as when, where, and why it was written, and provide a helpful outline. And often, the best commentaries include long, practical application points, which make them a wonderful tool for personal devotions. Now, a quick word on commentaries. It can be very easy, once you begin looking through a commentary, to stop doing Bible study on your own, to stop doing the hard work of observation and interpretation and application, because really good commentaries do all that for you. But here's the problem. You are not being transformed by God's Word. You're simply being informed by the opinions of others. So again, do all the hard work on your own. Go to a Bible commentary and you can see what biblical scholars, really educated people, have said about the particular passage that you are reading. And you can see, okay, do, does my observation, do my interpretations line up with what these experts who study this for a living, does it line up with what they say? So it's a great place to go and check your understanding of certain things. Now, next, we have a concordance. And in a contemporary classic on biblical interpretation, New Testament scholar Grant Osborne says that you must transition from text to context in a continuous movement that slowly spirals inward toward the center, toward the meaning of a passage and how it applies to your life. So put simply, studying a passage in isolation puts you at risk of misinterpretation. To avoid this, you will need some way to effectively search the Bible and make connections between passages. And one way to do this is with a concordance. In short, a concordance lists every word in the Bible based on the original languages and every passage where that word appears. This is helpful, for instance, if you're studying 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 and come across the word sanctification. By looking up that word in a concordance, you can find everywhere it appears in Scripture. From there, you can identify everywhere Paul uses that word and study the context each time it's used. This can guide you toward thorough understanding of biblical concepts and deeper knowledge of God's word. 
Recently, basic concordances have fallen out of popularity because it's so much easier to do a search in a digital Bible. For example, in a concordance, you can't look up everywhere Peter spoke to Jesus or where an entire phrase like love one another appears or where the words holiness appears next to the word immorality or near the word immorality. Even Google can't do that kind of searching for you. It's something you can only do with effective digital Bible study tools. As developments in digital Bible study tools have made complex searches like this more approachable, these are easier now to do. That being said, the more advanced concordances are still useful due to their ability to search by grander topics and themes rather than by simple word searches. Now next, there are harmonies. Harmonies take take books of the Bible that overlap one another in content, and they show how the books fit together. In other words, they reorganize biblical content to flow chronologically so you can find parallel passages more easily. The most common variety is gospel harmonies, combining the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. However, harmonies also exist for other books such as Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles. Many harmonies only include scripture references, while others place the actual text in parallel columns. In fact, a few harmonies actually combine the four Gospels into a single text that flows chronologically. Now, something that we really don't use in the Baptist tradition are lectionaries. And these are Bible reading plans that organize texts and passages into weekly readings. They often span three-year cycles designated years A, B, and C, and the idea is to provide believers around the world with a shared reading schedule. While some lectionaries include only the readings themselves, others include reflections on the text, almost like a miniature commentary. So, where we see this is principally like um, in the Reformed tradition, so Presbyterians, um, Anglicans, they will have lectionaries, and so whatever Anglican churches use this across the world, they're all reading through the same Bible passages at the same week. And so, uh, that is typically where we see lectionaries being used. Now, another tool is a devotional, and devotionals are one of the most common Bible study tools, but there are a wide, a wide variety among them. For instance, some focus on a single book or passage of the Bible, while others focus on one or multiple topics. Some devotionals include a year's worth of reading, while others only last a month. Some are meant to be read in the morning and others in the evening. Some have entries for both morning and evening. Devotionals are excellent tools for everyone, whether you're a new Christian or a longtime pastor. For new believers, they can help you form healthy Bible reading and prayer habits. For mature Christians, they can keep you focused on studying God's Word for your personal growth, and not just for a, a sermon or for a lesson you're preparing. A devotional is a great way to begin digging deeper into biblical passages where you might have only been skimming the surface before. Plus, they can be a great way to read with a friend or two to keep each other on track and to discuss your thoughts. Another tool to use is a Bible atlas. With so many locations mentioned in the Bible, some of which don't even exist anymore, it can become difficult to keep track. 
Bible atlases are collections of maps that show the world as it was in biblical times and can be extremely useful for seeing how different biblical locations fit together in context. The events in Scripture happened in a particular time to a particular people at a particular place. Bible atlases can help uncover what makes locations significant, an important key to understanding a passage's meaning. And atlases can be especially helpful for those who are visual learners. Bible atlases even show the paths followed by biblical people during the travels, which can assist you in better understanding these passages. It's almost like being able to take a walk in the narrator's shoes. Now, the final thing to mention here is Bible study software and apps. So, each one of the Bible study tools mentioned above they, they each have their own unique benefits, but sitting down with a 2,000-page Bible reference work can seem a bit dated when you think about the simplicity and prevalence of digital tools like Google and eBooks. So you might want to check out the free Logos, that's L-O-G-O-S, Bible app. And it's a free version of the Logos software that provides tons of Bible study tools, including a collection of Bible study resources, some translations, extensive note-taking abilities, and more. Now, if you want to go a little further, there is Logos Fundamentals, and it takes the free app a few steps further with an extensive library of digital Bible study tools available at your fingertips. Now, last time I checked, I think it was like $49, uh, which is a really good deal for this particular one. And they have a phone app as well as use on your computer, so you can always have it with you. If you have um, a tablet, you can also then load it on the tablet as well. So, where do you go from here? What's next? Well, of course, it's going to take a good amount of time and effort for you to learn the Bible. Bible study, again, study, is after all a lifelong calling for all Christians. But having the right tools at hand is crucial for ensuring a top-notch experience. And the ones I've talked about above are by no means an exhaustive directory. We know that each person is at a different place in their walk with the Lord. That's why we have an abundance of Bible study tools, or Bible study tools for just about any occasion. And so uh, there are some great, powerful Bible study software tools available also, depending on your needs. Now you can get the Logos app, like I said earlier, for free. And so, it's got easy-to-use Bible reading plans, a base of Bible study resources, and a user-friendly mobile app that you can start doing in-depth Bible study in no time. Now, if you are leading a small group, right, or if you're a Bible study uh, teacher in some other capacity, you might want to give Logos Fundamentals a try. It's got a variety of Bible study tools you can use right out of the gate, and it gives you a chance to see how the Logos software can help you dig deep into Scripture and to prepare better lessons. So, I hope this two-part series on Bible study tools will help you to be a better and more effective student of studying God's Word. I hope you will join us next time when we talk a little more about Bible dictionaries. Hope to see you then. Thank you, Pastor Darrell, for this helpful discussion on Bible study tools. We hope that you will consider using one or more of these resources as you dig deeper into the Bible and that the resources will help you feel more confident in interpreting 
and understanding the Bible. We hope you'll join us next week as we continue to take a more detailed look at one of these resources, the Bible Dictionary. As always, make sure that you like and share the podcast across all of your platforms, and we thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with us as we grasp the Bible.